What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. We are here bringing you week six fantasy preview. Noah, what's cooking? How are we doing? What's up? How are you feeling? How was your week? Dude, I'm I'm feeling all right. I know I know you know, but the audience doesn't know that we're in a, a little bit of a, a fantasy matchup this week, and uh, it's going in my favor. So I can't complain much there. But it's it's coming down to the wire a little bit. I thought I was gonna beat you like eight one, but I'm I might sneak my way into a little four five category split. Maybe, yeah, I, maybe, 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 maybe. I it's still I still you. you you beat me in points, which I didn't. I didn't foresee happening like two days ago. You took over field goal percentage, which is the one that's very fleeting, especially with a whole half of RJ Barrett left. I mean, it's it's forty eight point one what you have and forty eight point oh. So RJ mm-hmm. just needs to miss three or four shots in a row, and and I'm back on top. But Steels is right there too. Steels is right there. I mean, it's uh, you made it exciting. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised I won points. Like, I didn't... My team puts up points, but they sure do miss a lot of shots, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it just happens. But, uh, you know, speaking of points, uh, I gotta address an elephant in the room. I'm about to be 0-5. Really? For the second straight week, I've put up the second most points. And it's not like it's a close margin. Like, this week, I put up 1,300 points. Schultz put up 800. How Why much should I, I put up? In? Yeah, you're at, like, 1,200, right? 1,250. So, still beat you by, like, a, a 50 point. I mean, that that's decent. I beat you in the first week, though, basketball. So. Yeah, you did. Ten well, my, my team's back. Kemba's back. You know, we're, we're running at a more operational speed, you know, you feel. So, yeah. it's just it's upsetting. I'm... I'm actually, so this is what, what really kills me, is that I'm going to finish this week with the fourth most points, four, in like the whole league, uh, and be like 15 points behind you, and you're in third, and I'm going to be winning less. Yeah, I mean, it all I just comes down to match. It, see, that's like a fine sign, though, because you know it's going to come back full circle, because you have to play some of yeah. less, not as good guys yeah. in the league. But the starting on no, five is pretty tough when... The top places to get in the playoffs, you know, are all people who do take our points league pretty seriously and are active in the league. So Owen Five's definitely a tough start, but definitely not an impossible start. Yeah, what what gives me solace is that it's not a fantasy football league where playoffs start like week thirteen, fourteen generally. You know, we've got nineteen regular season weeks, so I could still you know, reasonably scratch out like a, a twelve and seven season if things keep going my way. So that that's what I'm looking for. I'm I'm hoping to do that, but I have my sights set on categories and, and hopefully I can make a splash there. How'd you I, you won your points league? Yeah, I gave Mr. Red Parker the old smackdown. Um Red, Ren, if you're man. listening, you know I love you. You had Russ you didn't have Russ this week and you had Miles Turner miss a couple games, so you know. But I had Mr. Clint Capella drop 198 points on Ren this week, and he did not even play tonight. He had a triple-double last game with blocks, rebounds, and points. That's absurd. We'd have to go into the record books to to see the last time somebody hit a triple-double with blocks. 
I mean, this, it, that's, this week, that's this an week, insane feat. He's averaging 21 points, 20 rebounds, 6 blocks in the last 7 days. Oh my god. I'm so happy. And I drafted him, I drafted him 78th overall. That's insane. And he missed part of the season, and he's the 6th ranked scoring center this year, so far. So, I'm really excited wow. about him. Yeah, I would be too. I would be as well. Um, yeah, triple double with blocks. I'm trying to look. Uh, AD did it uh, against the Pelicans in 2018. That was the last time it was done. Wow. Or for the Pelicans against the Jazz. I knew he was gonna do it too because I checked his stats, and with like about nine minutes left in the second quarter, he already had five. And I was like, "Wow, he's really gonna get <laughs> a triple double insane. with blocks." <laughs> That's just insane. And blocks are worth so much in fantasy. I mean, it's seriously ridiculous. Um, yeah. Wow. All right. So, so a crazy week all around is what I'm hearing. But let's uh, let's get into a little bit of the schedule for the viewers out there. This is our schedule analysis. Viewers, you're not viewing this. You're listening to me. I'd love for you to see my face, but you don't. You don't. That's how podcasts work. So... I'm just going to break down which teams are playing four games, which teams are playing three games, which teams are only playing two games. Uh, spoiler alert, that's the Memphis Grizzlies who cannot figure out COVID. I mean, they are just getting railed by COVID, dude. I, I don't know what they're doing. Um, clearly, some some leagues, some players doing something that they're not supposed to be doing there, but they're only going to be playing two games. Um, everybody else with four or three. So, to that end, most teams are playing four games. It's about two-thirds of the league. And uh, I liked what I did last week, so I'm going to read the teams with four games uh, in my little NPR voice, Noah. So, are you ready? Yeah, I've been looking forward to this all week. Yeah, yeah, I knew you had. Alrighty, here we go. NBA teams with four games for the week of January 25th. We have the Brooklyn Nets, the Charlotte Hornets, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Dallas Mavericks, the Denver Nuggets, Detroit Pistons, Golden State Warriors, oh, your Indiana Pacers, no, 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 your Indiana Pacers, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Miami Heat, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Orlando Magic, the Philadelphia 76ers, the San Antonio Spurs, San Antonio is a fun city. I've been there once or twice. The Toronto Raptors, Utah Jazz, and Washington Wizards. We had six games postponed due to COVID uh, that are all being played this week. No, that that are we are unaware of when they will be played. They are not being necessarily played this week, but we have had six games postponed. No official date. All right, now Noah. For teams with three games, I, I didn't like the L.A. voice that I did last week. That just felt like too much. So I'm just going to tell you guys. I'm just going to level with you here. The Atlanta Hawks, three games. You know, that's just the way it works. Boston Celtics, they've got three games. That's fine. That's fine. There's still value there. The Chicago Bulls, uh, they're going to play three games. That's just, uh, as at the moment, that's the plan. Uh, Houston Rockets. And the Milwaukee Bucks are also planning on, on doing a little three games this week. New York Knicks, I'm not their biggest fan, but they're going to play three games. The Thunder, 
they got three games on the schedule this week. That's that's fun for them. Same with the Suns and the Trailblazers. Three games all around, baby. I mean, who who can deny it? And lastly, the Clippers, they're going to play three games. They they have their game against Memphis on Monday postponed, which is what we alluded to earlier. So Memphis is only playing two games this week. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a little bit of the schedule for this week, Noah. What'd you think? You excited? Yeah, I'm... Definitely don't pick up any Memphis players this week. Only two games is literal trash. But um, I'm excited that a lot of the league is playing four games this week. Did I get into definitely. how many teams play each day? You you should, yeah. I was just going to say, definitely, there, there's going to be high scoring this week. So make yeah. sure you're active on the waivers. Yeah, so on Monday, 20 teams play. On Tuesday, 6 teams play. On Wednesday, 26 teams play. On Thursday, eight teams play. On Friday, 20 teams play. On Saturday, 16 teams play. And on Sunday, 12 teams play. So it's um, kind of similar to last week, how Tuesday, Thursday, and then the Saturday and Sunday were the days to stream. So it's kind of similar this week. Um, those are the days you're going to be looking to stream this week. You know, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're probably going to have full roster spots on your team where you won't need to pick anyone up. But... Um, a strategy for this week, I think um, maybe pick a, someone up on Tuesday, but on the other two, on Thursday and Saturday or Sunday, you, you do you use two acquisitions both that day. And if you do one on Tuesday and then two on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, you'll hit your acquisition limit of seven. At least that's what it is for our league. Um, yeah, so definitely look to stream on Tuesdays and Thursdays and then the weekend. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's always a good idea. I mean, it's going to be maybe a little bit tougher because I definitely Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're raw. You're probably going to be fully loaded. There's a decent chance that happens. Um, so no need to be looking for waivers there. And, you know, I don't think any teams have a, a play back-to-back on Tuesday, Wednesday, but you probably have no need to, to stream there. So I'd look for, for guys that are playing twice, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. For waivers, I know I actually reached my limit this week uh, in both of my leagues just with the different injuries and COVID stuff going around. So make sure you're optimizing who's playing because there might be a guy who looks like he could, you know, go for 25 a night, but if you he reaches your acquisition limit, you're better off going with the guy who's going to put up 15 twice, you know? Yeah. Just uh, food for thought. Food for thought there. So be on the lookout for that. Stay cognizant. I already know. You want to you wanna get into back-to-backs? Yeah. So this week um, we have a couple back-to-backs. Um, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Atlanta will be playing a back-to-back, Utah will be playing a back-to-back, and so will the Wizards. And I would definitely watch out um, for the Wizards because they already have guys out due to COVID. So Russell Westbrook may sit out a game, but he also may not because of their lack of depth right now. So definitely keep an eye on that. Um, On Wednesday, Thursday, Detroit has a back-to-back. So that might mean no Blake Griffin, no um, Derrick Rose on one of those days. Golden State has a back-to-back. The Lakers have a back-to-back, so maybe no AD, maybe no Braun. Um, Miami has a back-to-back, and then Phoenix has a back-to-back. On Thursday, Friday, the Clippers have a back-to-back. Um, 
I think Kawhi said he wasn't going to sit back-to-backs anymore, but you never know with them. Um, on Friday, Saturday, Charlotte has a back-to-back. Dallas has a back-to-back, so maybe no Chris Japs for one of those games. Milwaukee has a back-to-back. The Pelicans have a back-to-back. The Kings have a back-to-back. And the Spurs have a back-to-back. And then to round off the week, um, on Sunday, teams that would play on Sunday and Monday, Cleveland has a back-to-back. Denver has a back-to-back. Minnesota has a back-to-back. And the Knicks have a back-to-back. That was a lot of teams. But the back-to-backs are really the back-to-backs are really important because if you have these older stars, um, you might have guys miss games on one of these back-to-backs, and you always want to be aware of that if they are going to sit that you don't have them in your lineup. Yeah, and I mean it, it helps so much, especially the Friday Saturday back-to-backs. If you can be picking up a guy from one of these teams to just play both those games, and you don't have to use the waiver spot, yeah, like the extra pickup, like that's just so huge. Like, those are just the little things that maximize how many points you're getting each week. It's just, I, I'm not going to pull up Fantasy 101 because it, it's a little more advanced than that. It's probably like a 200, 300 level fantasy class strategy. So, you know, we're, we're getting more advanced as the season's going along. We're, we're learning. We're learning. Uh, no, I, I see you've got some teams that you think people should really stream from. You want to knock those out really quick for us? Yeah, so as we already discussed, um, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday are the low games. There's three games on Tuesday, four games on Thursday, and six games on Sunday. So those are going to be the days you're wanting to pick up guys on the waiver wire. And these teams will hopefully help you decide um, what guys you want to pick up. So the Clippers play on all three of those low-volume game days. So I think that makes any of their role players really valuable. Like guys you could probably get would be like Batum. Um, Marcus Morris, Patrick Beverly, um, Ivaka Zubak. Those are guys that I think are available on me and Collins' waiver wire right now. Mm -hmm. Um, The Rockets also play on Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Um, The Rockets are really interesting because they have some injuries right now. So guys like Sean Tate, P.J. Tucker, uh, Ben McLemore, DeMarcus Cousins are all, Mm -hmm. they could all be viable options this week because the Rockets do play on the low-volume days. And then the Jazz and Knicks both play on Tuesday and Sunday, which is kind of interesting. So you could see guys like any of the Knicks role players, um, Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, Derek Favors, guys we've talked about before. So those are just teams to definitely keep an eye on if you want to pick up guys. Yeah. I like all that. I like all that. I definitely have some guys from those teams on my long-term and short-term pickups list. So yeah, same. You, do you think we should get into that? Do you think we should? Yeah, let's get into it. I'm excited for this. Let's week. get into it, dude. All right, I'm, I'm kind of – let's roll off of the Rockets thing because I got a guy yeah. that I think we just – we have to talk about. And I don't know if we've really had an in-depth conversation about him since preseason talk, and that's Boogie. Um, you know, for reference, for the first time all year, he played 30 minutes. He did it twice. He did it in back-to-back nights, Friday and Saturday. Christian Wood was sitting out, so that's the main reason he did it. But he had, you know, a vintage Boogie Cousins night on Saturday against the Mavs. Put up 28 points, 17 boards, 5 assists. He was good for 58.5 fantasy points. I mean... Woods is expected to return this Tuesday, so the next time they play. So uh, we we shouldn't see Boogie 
start again. I mean, with, you know, the dominance that Christian Wood has had and his emergence. I mean, he's looking like a most improved player type of candidate. But where do you see Boogie's value? He's rostered in 47% of leagues. He's obviously a big name. I mean, just what do you think of the guy? Yeah, before this injury um, and what I had seen from the Rockets, um, I probably would have told you to not pick Boogie up at all. But um, I'm really happy that he had this pop-off game. Like, I'm always rooting for Boogie. Um, You know, I always thought he was a really good player that was just honestly really unlucky due to injury. So I was always rooting for Mm -hmm. the guy. But if he can, like, he doesn't have to put up those numbers every night, but if he can play just play basketball. There is a clear role for him on this team with the backups. And I seriously, I think his value could be there, but it really depends on if he wants it to be there, you know? Yeah, so I think he wants it to be there, and I, I think we have to put our hands up. We actually, he was on our people to drop list a couple weeks ago, so. Can you, you blame know, us, We though? didn't know Christian Wood was going to be out. What? Can you blame us, though? Which, he wasn't playing like no, he should have been cast. No, he should have. No, you should have been been kicking him off the roster. I mean, he just he was not playing well. I mean, that was actually good advice. I still stand by that advice. It was good advice. But now I'm telling you, uh, you know, think about it. So the interesting thing is, before those two games, he had only played more than 20 minutes once all year. He'd played 23 minutes in a game in December, and then up till that point, he had never eclipsed 20 minutes. And then this weekend, he played 30 and back to back. So. I feel like that that proves that he he is durable and he can do it and be effective. So that role should be for, there for him off the bench. Like I see no reason as to why he shouldn't be getting 25 minutes a game. You know, we, we we've seen him, you know, be able to step out behind the line effectively, stretch the floor. Um, and to your point, there's a role on this team because everybody's kind of refiguring out their roles on this team. I mean, with the big mix-up, with Harden gone, you're bringing in Oladipo. I mean, it's just, it's kind of a new-look team. I mean, they lost their identity, which was James Harden, you know, despite, you know, him wanting out and not playing like it and it being a fairly new roster anyways. But, you know, this team's identity still needs to be figured out throughout the course of the season. So I think Boogie could slip into something. What it is, I don't know, but he should be able to slip into something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm rooting for Buggy, honestly. And, like, as you said, the the people that are on the Rockets right now, like, there's no reason to be playing like you have anything to lose. The Rockets are deciding the guys they want to keep or not, like the guys who are worthy of getting paid or not. And I think this is, like, as good as a return opportunity for Boogie as he will ever get. Like, I feel like this is honestly, like, his make-or-break year, really. If he yeah. can get uh, yeah, through the I year think... with no injuries. Yeah, I think, yeah, if he goes down, I think he's signing for a vet min somewhere. And, like, that's it. Yeah. You know? Like, he's just relegated to to, to bench hell. Although we love what? bench players, because this is bench chatter. We love the bench players, so that's why we love Boogie. Alrighty, no, that, that was a lot of Boogie talk. We love him, but but who else do you got? Uh, so my first guy is a little homer pick. It's Jeremy Lamb. Um, he's currently rostered in 28% of leagues. Um, he just came back on January 20th after he tore his ACL last February. And um, in those three games, he's played the Mavs, the Raptors, and Orlando. 
Um, against the Mavs in his first game back, he only dropped 10, 2, and 2, but it was in 19 minutes. But then on Orlando, he dropped 22 points, 7 rebounds, while getting to the free throw line 8 times in that game in 28 minutes. Damn. And today he dropped 13 and 3 against the Raptors in 20 minutes. That's just like, eh. But uh, with the unknown return dates of Karras and TJ, um, I honestly see Lamb only trending upwards at this point in both terms of production and minutes. Um, Aaron Holiday also hasn't been playing well, who um, who is another guy who would be competing with Lamb for minutes. And the bright... uh, Not to interrupt you, but I'm going to interrupt you. So I I will say that I actually do know uh, expected return dates for um, TJ Warren and Karras LeVert. TJ Warren is expected to be out till at least February 15th, so a, a good month. And then Levert is expected to be out until March 1st at this point. And I mean, yeah, they said six. Get they said up. six to eight weeks for Levert, but um, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Very, these that's very usually don't get moved if it's up. Cancer it's moved or not, back. So. Yeah, I, mean, I did yeah, see that. I mean, I mean, yeah, they're kind of unknown return dates still. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I, I do want to take a moment. It is actually, Karis Levert came out and said that he's so thankful for this trade because there's no way he ever would have gotten the medical exam that located the uh, tumor that is taking him out. So actually really cool that and prayers for him to his family. Hope he's good. Hope he's safe and that this thing gets figured out. I, I'm sure basketball is not at the top of his mind, so I just, I, I hope that he can play basketball again. That's that's where I'm looking for Karras. I hope he can. Why'd you, why'd you have a little giggle right there? Did you get, that was so serious? That's like the, the first, ser- like, real serious thing I've said on this podcast, dude. I heard, I heard a little giggle right there at the reputation. end. What, do you think cancer's funny, Boom. buddy? No. All right, let's, let's not go there. Um, all right, let's, let's move on. Um, but yes, Jeremy Lamb, Jeremy Lamb, you, you got anything else you want to wrap up with there? Uh, yeah. In those three games, he's taken eight, 14 and nine shots, which I think is promising. And, uh, I think people forget he finished top 60 in fantasy two years ago. So I think if you're in a 12 man league or deeper, he should probably be rostered. Fair enough. Fair enough. Alrighty, I got a guy that I actually I went ahead and picked up in one of our leagues because I was just looking at at his stuff, looking at his stat lines, and oh my god, this man is Wayne Ellington for the Detroit Pistons. They've been riddled with injuries. Uh, Killian Hayes, their their new point guard that they they drafted in the lottery, out for the year. Derrick Rose has been dealing with stuff. You know they've just got some guys. So he, before I give you his stat lines, I've heard this adage a lot, and it's mostly in reference to when talking about Jeremy Grant. It's somebody has to score on the Pistons. And then that's usually followed with talk about how Jeremy Grant is still very efficient. But I'm going to take that adage and say a couple people need to score on the Pistons. I mean, that's just the way NBA works. There's you got to find people that put the ball in the hoop. Somebody has to do it. And Wayne Ellington through the last four games is taking 11 shots a game shooting 56% from the field but somehow shooting 58.3% from three and that's on nine attempts a game wow that's insane that is insane like I don't care 
like like as a as a stats fanatic, you know, and I'm okay calling myself that. When you're taking thirty six threes, you're moving beyond the uh, statistical probability, the the evenness and and the the long run flattening of the mean and regressing to the mean. That is just on fire. He is doing something. He's probably not going to keep up fifty eight percent, but at at this pace, he's going to keep shooting. It looks like he's going to keep making them. Points league or categories league, get this man in your roster. I don't know how long this thing's going to last. It it might be done already, but I, I know that I want some stock in Wayne Ellington's insane three-point abilities at the moment. He's been in the league for like 11 years or something. Uh, I don't know if he's ever done this, but he's doing it now, so I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to take it, dude. That's where I'm at with Wayne Ellington. Yeah, I didn't know he was playing this well, honestly, and I didn't really even know he was on the Pistons. But yeah, Not someone yet. does have to score on that Pistons team, and it looks exactly. like Mr. Ellington might be the man for the job. Yeah, um, so I'm looking at basketball reference right now. There's been only one other season in his career, and it was in 2012-2013 when he shot, or 2013-2014 when he shot above 40% from three, but he's he shot 39% a couple times throughout his career. He's a 38% three-point shooter on four attempts a game throughout his career. I mean, those are decent numbers. So there's there's no reason to uh, expect that he's all of a sudden going to start shooting 20%. You know, uh, I think he's he's pretty clearly a decent shooter, and he's on fire for them right now. I mean, he, he's, he's somebody's got to get shots. He's taking them. Accept that and get them on your team. That's That's my philosophy right now. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. I wish I could pick him up right now. Not too bad. He is mine now. He is mine, Mr. Noah. Get out of here. Alrighty. Who else you got? Um, Another guy I have was a guy who was recently traded, and that is Torian Prince. He's currently 11% like rostered. Um, he got traded to Cleveland along with Jared Allen, and he has an increased opportunity in Cleveland now. Um, earlier this yeah. week, the Cavs released Kevin Porter Jr. after some alleged allegations of him like blowing up in the locker room and yelling at people. Yeah. But, um, the GM. So the wing spot <laughs> minutes are really only going to be split between Jetty Osmond, Isaac Okoro, and Torian Prince. Um, so it's mm-hmm. a really easy 3 and D role for him to fit into. And in his past two games for the Cavs, he's averaging 15.5 points. Five rebounds, two and a half assists on 26 minutes a game. And that's been good enough to average him around 27 fantasy points a night, which is really nice, honestly. Like, I would take a guy who drops 27 a night on my team right now. And yeah. I really only no, see I'm, his, like... His I'm just going to interject really quick and, and let you know that he was only scoring eight points per game on the Nets. So his production is way increased on the Cavs. Definitely a much bigger role. All right, go ahead. Just had to say that. That was it. That's all I had. That was, that was it. Yeah. No, I I think we we had mentioned him last week to to watch out for Torian Prince and and what he can do on the Cavs. Yeah, twenty seven points a night. You you take that. I mean, I think the top of the line guys on like ESPN waiver wires, at least in like the twelve man league that I'm looking at for points, is like twenty four a game. So 
if you're hitting 27 a game and a guy that's only really going to look to increase and, and probably score a little bit more, um, I take that. I take that. Alrighty, I got one last long-term guy. And, and I will say, I will probably, like, Boogie was kind of a, a mix. He, he's probably more of a short-term guy, but, you know, keep an eye out for him. He's obviously just, like, a hot name and a fun guy to talk about. Um, but that's Rodney Hood. So, very sadly, amidst his best season ever, C.J. McCollum goes down. He's expected to be out till like, March. So, you, you've got a month where Rodney Hood is, is going to be starting in Portland. And we've known for a while, like, he can get the ball in the hoop. That's about all he can do, but he can do it. Uh, we, we've seen that on the Cavs. Uh, we, we saw it in Utah. It's what he does. So, yeah, CJ's out till March 10th, according to CBS. I like him. I mean, he's only started one game this year. Um, it was, like, last week, like, the last time the Blazers really played. He put up 21. You know, he's. He, I think his career averages are, like, two boards, two assists. So, uh, you know, his, way, his value is much more heavy in a points league as opposed to a categories league. Um, not, not necessarily the most efficient guy ever, but uh, I'd take him for what he is. And, you know, if you're a second, third option on a playoff caliber team, I, I usually consider you to be somebody that should be on a, uh, on a fantasy team. Yeah. I like that pick. Um, he has, a, he has such an easy job in Portland. Like yeah. You're going to get past the ball when you're wide open probably after Dame draws like four defenders in and all he asks of you is to hit the open three. So I really yeah. don't see any like high expectations for Rodney Hood that he has to like smash through. So I hope he can no, and... be a consistent piece for that Blazers team because they really need him to come through. Yeah, seriously. I mean, CJ out for a month and a half, almost two months. That's, that hurts. Tough. That's stuff. really unlucky. I will say. And I remember we, we talked about, like, how C.J. McCollum was doing so well, but how we both were kind of, like, weary on him, you know, because he's kind of shown this before, and then he gets just unlucky stuff happens to him like this, like yeah. where he's absolutely falling, probably going to be an all-star for the first time in his career, and then, of course, he tears a muscle in his foot or whatever. It's just really unlucky stuff, yeah. No, and and he's a guy too. I've always I always like have an affinity, and I, I don't think this is just me, but for guys that make it from like small colleges, and he went to like Lehigh of all places, which is a school that like three thousand, four thousand people go to in like nowhere, Pennsylvania. Like that that's just fun. Like he's like one of two guys to ever make the NBA from Lehigh. So I, you know, you got an affinity for those guys. I I've always enjoyed him. Was really looking forward to seeing him make an All Star team, but. Just sucks. So Rodney Hood is an okay replacement. Who else do you got for long term? Yeah, I got one last guy, and that is Mr. Journeyman, Jeff Green. Um, he's currently rostered oh. in about 9%. Um, he has a really nice role to fill on the Nets right now. Um, in his last three games, he's been a top 85 value fantasy player. And he's been averaging 13 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, 2.5 assists, with 2.5 three-pointers made a game on 55% three-point shooting. Wow. Um, he also has center eligibility on ESPN, which is kind of huge, you know. 
He can be a power forward and a center, um, which is really good when you're trying to fit in um, how he can fit on your team because he can just play another position. And I think he should be rostered on the Nets and in your – or he should be rostered in your fantasy league um, until further notice, like – the um the Nick or the Nets did sign someone earlier this week, and there were also rumors that they were trying to trade for Javale McGee. And if things like that happen, maybe we see less minutes from Jeff Green. But uh, I think his role on the Nets is pretty consistent that no one else can really fill. So I think he'll see a lot of minutes with the starters. Yeah, wait, hold up. No, nothing to do with that. Why the hell didn't the Cavs just give Javale McGee up in that other trade? I mean, they fucking got Jared Allen and. Torian Prince for a second-round pick. I feel like JaVel McGee is the least you can give up in that. Because they could get another second-round pick right now from the Nets. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I just, like, that was such a rip-off for the Nets. Like, obviously it worked, and, like, the Nets had to do it. And, like, it made sense for them. But, like, uh, is that not just a part of that trade? Like, I don't know. That's just goofy to me. That's just goofy. They knew um, they would come running back asking for him after they took their only <laughs> other center off the roster. Oh, that just that just feels like like whoever the Nets GM was just so pumped to get that deal done. Like I think there's a chance he like he didn't even see. Like I, there's a chance. I maybe he thought Javale McGee was a part of that deal and just like signed the paperwork and realized he only asked for the second round pick and <laughs> is just like. You know what? We got Harden. We got Harden. It's fine. Um, okay. Let's transition into short-term guys. And I want to start off with a guy that I, I had on my short-term list, but he could be a long-term play, and I'm changing that maybe based on results that I just saw that just came in. Uh, this man is Danilo Gallinari. Uh, he just played in his third game back from injury for the Hawks. Um, hadn't played much minutes in his first two games. Um, average in his first two games, he'd averaged 13 minutes, eight points, three boards, half an assist. I mean, really nothing special. But Capella and Trey Young were out tonight, and he put up 17 points, three boards, two assists on four of eight from the field and six of six from the line in only 18 minutes. I mean, that's 24 fantasy points in under 20 minutes. That's pretty darn good. Um, but we just really don't know what his role is going to be. Like, that team is loaded in the front court, you know, in a game where Clint Capella, who we talked about is killing it, didn't even play. He didn't even get 20 minutes. So I I want to say, I want to lean on the side that as the season progresses, Gallinari gets roped in a little bit more in his his role is more prominent, but I don't know. What do you think about that, Noah? Yeah, I I don't know how. I, I do Exactly. Think it's so weird. The, the Hawks are just so weird, and they have so many guys that they try to have to fit into this rotation. And it's really, at the end of the day, it's like, is their best lineup, and does their best lineup, that they could put out on the floor include Danilo Gallinari. And it's just like, uh, I don't know. I really don't, I don't know. know. Like, I, but like, what is their best lineup? They just have so many bodies on that team that like, you're like, yeah, like I can see that guy getting 20 minutes a game. I can see that guy getting 25 minutes a game. Like, it's just, it's such a mishmash 
of players at just such different points in their career. I mean, like, you got Rondo and Gallinari, who are 10-year vets, accompanied with, like, Hoiter, uh, Hunter, or not Hunter, um, oh my god, what, DeAndre, is it Hunter? DeAndre, Hunter, oh, Cam Reddish, yeah, Trey Young. Yeah, Reddish, Trey Young, all guys who are, like, within three years of starting their career, and then you've got guys like Chris Dunn, Clint Capella, who are five years in and, and are kind of vets, and looking to, you know, just really settle in and make a name for themselves. It's just, it's too many dudes. So, yeah, I, I just don't know with him. I think that in any given day, he could go for, for 25 points very easily. But, you know, I think there's going to be days where he doesn't even see 10 minutes. Yeah, the weird thing with the Hawks, too, is like, They've kind of soft committed that they're okay with John Collins potentially not coming back by not offering him an extension. So they Damn, have Danilo oh signed for multiple years. So if they're not bringing back John Collins, why play John Collins over Danilo Gallinari if you see Gallinari yeah. as your long-term play? It's so confusing. Well, it's so confusing. Yeah, why do you not trade John Collins then? Like if you... <sighs> Yeah. I think they so, want to pay him, but they don't want to tell John can. Collins they want to pay him. Because <laughs> John Collins yeah. wants near a max, and giving him a near a max would not be a good It's just a Hawks. bad idea. Yeah. Um, dude, and I forgot they Onyaka Nkongwu started tonight in, I think, his first start of Ooh, his career. I like that. Yeah, so like, I, like it, I forgot about him, too. Like, there's just so many people. Tony Snell's on that team. Either. Tony Snell actually, he only played four minutes, but he didn't record a single stat. That's pretty cool. We love that. that. Let's stat. go, Tony. Yeah, he's he's consistent. You can't say he's, he's not consistent. consistent. Actually, he recorded one personal foul. Oh come on, Tony! Minutes. You're better than that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Hawks are just a mishmash. I I like Gallinari. There's potential there, but uh, you just don't know. Who else? Who who do you got in in terms of short term guys? Yeah, so my short term pickups are kind of based around the teams we talked earlier, like um, the Clippers, mm-hmm. Rockets, and the Knicks. So I'll just go and list off a bunch of guys because I didn't really go in too in depth with that. Um, so yeah. Nick Batum's one of my sh- first short term pickups. He's a really good guy for a categories league. Um, you know, Definitely. he's getting you rebounds, assists, steals, and probably three pointers made. Um, I have Doug McDermott on my short-term pickups. He's starting small forward right now for the Pacers, and the Pacers have four games this week. Um, on Ooh, any given that. night, he could get you 15 points, and on any given week, he could probably get you 10 three-pointers made for the week, which I would definitely That's take. Um, I got yeah. Patrick Beverly. He'll get you rebounds, assists, the defensive stats, but he won't do you much in terms of scoring. Um, I have Lou Williams. He's probably available. He's playing pretty bad, though, right now, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, I have Eric Gordon. I have Jay Sean Tate. I have DeMarcus Cousins. All guys on the Rockets that are probably available in your league. And then I have... I have, um, I have some deep Knicks picks. I got Alfred Payton. I have Alec Burks. I have Nerlens Noel. And if Obi Toppin's available in your league, he's kind of an interesting little guy right now. So I would definitely... Definitely think about picking up one of these guys from any of these teams this week because it will put you at an advantage over your peers. Yeah. 
definitely. Ooh, how do you um, feel about Ivaka Zubak? Dude, I've I've picked up Zubats probably four times this year in categories. Just I like that. He, he's he's got great field goal percentage. He honestly he's he hasn't been getting that many boards. I mean, for for a starting center that's like seven feet tall, I I don't think he's averaging like all that many boards. I'm looking it up right now, but I think he's at um yeah he's at five boards a game right now, which is a little bit underwhelming, but. He gets you like eight points too. He, he's not going to miss too much. He's shooting seventy percent from the field right now. I mean, mm. that's we it's a that. really safe pickup in a category league. Like he's not going to hurt you. Yeah, like, just for a night. Averaging like perfect pickup. Yeah, just for a one night. Exactly. Yeah, averaging a block a game. You know, it, it's just it's safe. It's really safe, especially in a categories league. Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I think he's he's a good one. I always have him on my watch list. Um, all right, so so you did a team, you did the Knicks. I want to do a team. The Wizards are missing, like, no, no joke, not hyperbole, half their roster right now. So tonight they played, and a, a man by the name of Jerome Robinson went off, kind of. I mean, do you know what team drafted it, him? It, yeah, the Pacers, based on the way that you said that. No, it was actually the Clippers. Um, it was the year the Clippers had, like, back-to-back picks. So they took Shea, and then they took Jerome Robinson. And then uh... Michael Porter Jr. was the pick right after Jerome Robinson. No. Oh, dude. Yeah, I just remember, like, how is Michael Porter Jr. just still slipping? Yeah. That was, yeah, that was tough. Well, Jerome tonight catches his first start of the year. It's only the seventh game he's ever started, but he put up 16 points, five boards, four assists. That's good for 30 fantasy points. He's rushing 0.1% of leagues. So, you know, it's his third year in the league. He's a shooting guard. He he seems to just have been a a pretty inefficient, high-volume guy in, in the games he's played so far, but... With the Wizards just decimated right now, he caught a start. Uh, I think they, they've they got a couple more games this week where he's definitely going to get some playing time. Um, most of the guys, I think it's a COVID stuff, are going to return on Friday, and I think they have two more games in between now and then. So, I mean, he's, he's 0.1% rostered. Let's see what he does. Uh, the other guy I have on the Wizards that is like less than one percent rostered is Raul Nato. He didn't even play tonight, um, but he's been he's been decent. He's been he's like their backup point guard, averaging nine points, two assists, one and a half boards in seventeen minutes a game. He was day to day today, so I don't know why he sat out, but he should be back for some of these games that they're like half the rosters out. So. Again, I, I think he's just going to be on the court. And that's what matters in fantasy, just being on the goddamn court. The same thing. Somebody's got to score points. And, yes, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are, are on that team, but somebody else has got to do it. And it very well could be Roel Nato. Yeah. Uh, yeah, our kind of, our kind of like, um, you know, idea is, like, yeah. If the guy, if you just have the opportunity, like having the opportunity to rack up stats is almost more valuable than what actual stats you put up at a certain point when you're trying to get these like waiver skimming guys. Yeah, seriously. 
seriously. And yeah, and I would say these guys aren't safe picks, but they could they could boom. I mean, Jerome Robinson going for thirty tonight—that's definitely a boom. We're like, not here to Nato play could safe. Go up. Yeah, 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 no. Like if you want to play safe, go Zubats. Zubats will get you twenty fantasy points. You know, he'll do it. He's not gonna he's not gonna dud. He might dud. He's not probably he's probably not going to though. Nato could very well dud, but uh, he could also do something. He could also do something, and that's why I'm here, to get you to do something. Alrighty, who else you got? Um, I really don't. Uh, I have one more guy, and it's Josh Okogie, mm-hmm. but um, I kind of just like Josh Okogie as a player, and he's one yeah. of those guys. He starts for the Timberwolves, so you know his stats aren't that impressive. I think he's averaging like seven points, three rebounds, two assists, but he's a guy who gets yeah. the opportunity, and the he starts, and the Timberwolves are just so bad, you know. It's just like, yeah, you know, someone's got to do it yeah. on the Timberwolves. <laughs> it's like, why not Josh Okogi? Oh, that should we just need to make that our no more. This is the Common Man's NBA podcast. This someone's is the basketball talk. Yeah, this is the basketball podcast that tells you that people that are on the court do things. They do things on the court. People that don't be on the court. Don't do things bad for fantasy. Keep it simple. On court good, off court bad. We tell you yes, guys sir. on court. These guys on the court. Yes, sir. That's what I say. Alrighty. Um, let's finish it off. So um I had some guys on the Heat because Heat are missing like half their roster, so the guys look to come back Wednesday, but they have a game tomorrow night. So, like, Kelly Olenek, Precious Achua, Andre Guadala, all decent guys to pick up for tomorrow night. Um, they're going to be on the, the court. Um, Kelly Olenek's probably your best bet there. He's 21% rostered. But that leads into a guy that I know you don't like. Um, and we'll, we'll end with this. Kendrick Nunn. I know you have him on your guys to drop. I think that you should maybe hold on to him. Uh, let, let's debate. Let's just let's end on a debate. In his last four games, his last week, he put yeah on 35 minutes a game. He averaged f- 14 shots, 21 and a half points, five and a half boards, four steals, one and a half assists, 57% shooting from the field, and 44% from three. Uh, I know he's not going to get 35 points a game, but those are numbers, dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't dislike Kendrick Nunn. I just don't, I don't think he, if you have him on your team this week, he's not like untouchable. Um, the Nets play or the Heat play the Nets tomorrow. So he probably will get one more game, but, um, Jimmy Butler, Avery Bradley and Tyler Hero are all scheduled to come back sometime mid this week. So the rest Mm -hmm. of their games are Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. So ideal, realistically, you may get one game out of Kendrick Nunn this week of him actually putting up good big numbers. And I also mm-hmm. like I almost I also am weary of him long term because we kind of saw this thing last year where he was putting up pretty good numbers. He was honest he was even in like the rookie of the year conversation for a little. And then, you know, yeah. just like that rookie slump hit and eventually he wasn't even playing at all. When the Heat came back post restart, he was not playing at all. So there's just always a chance of that. I'm just saying he's not untouchable. Yeah. All right. All right. That's fair. 
That's fair. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be dropping Kendrick Nunn right away. See what happens with him because I, I think there's a chance he still gets decent minutes off the bench and is productive in that capacity. But we'll see. Alrighty, fellas, that's going to wrap up this episode of Bench Chatter. Thank you for everybody that tunes in week in and week out. I mean, we, we really appreciate this. We've said it before, but we have a ton of fun doing this, and uh, we, we look forward to it every night. So thank you to everybody listening right now. It means a ton. Especially the New Zealand listeners. You guys meet Especially the most. The New Zealand listeners. I, I, I want to meet you guys. I want to meet the New Zealand listeners so bad. Oh. Alrighty. Love you guys. See you guys.